This episode of the Managing Madrid Podcast is brought to you by the Managing Madrid Podcast live in Toronto. We are doing a show, Flatiron Firkin Pub in Toronto, in person with all of our listeners and fans. And it's going to be a huge Madridista party. Come meet other Madridistas if you're in Ontario, if you're in Canada. Book your spot. Link is in the show notes. That's happening on December 18th at 4 p.m., a few hours after the World Cup final. So book your spot to that show. The link is in the show notes. Uh, and do it before December 1st because prices go up. So do that ASAP. And coming up is a review of the performances of Vinicius and Rodrigo uh, against Serbia. And obviously, naturally, that takes us into a lot of discussion about Brazil as a whole, their tactics, the fit of the Real Madrid players. Casemiro yesterday, even though he's not with us anymore, it was great to see him put in a good shift. And also Militao, and how does he fit into this? Uh, and might he play right back with the injury to Danilo? All that coming up. Also, keep it locked on the website. Uh, I have a huge cruise column that dropped that I've been working on, which I bring in a lot of video and film and data and just bring the case that this might be his best season ever, even though um, he's had such an amazing career. I make the case. You can go read it. That's on the website. And also... Every single podcast you hear, there's almost a written version of it on the website. So we cover all of Real Madrid's players during the World Cup in written and podcast form. So make sure you go to managingmadrid.com. And uh, what else? Really quickly, if you want discussion on Fede yesterday, uh, that happened over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid. If you want access to that, uh, Lucas and I also answered some questions over there. That's exclusive content. And if you join Patreon, you also get access to a Discord server where we have a higher level of tactical dialogue and whatnot. So come in and join the Real Madrid family, the army that's growing over on patreon.com slash managing and enjoy today's podcast and the return of Matt Wilsey. And let's get started with Derek Ray and Ray Hudson. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. <clears throat> Wonderful lads that do a great job there. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. All right, it is... Friday night, just just after 4 p.m. Eastern, England versus USA has concluded. And I don't know what to tell you. I'm just really excited and happy because after what seems like months, Matt Wilsey has returned. Um, and we I, I kind of felt bad, but I kind of didn't because I missed him. But I dragged him on. I said, Matt, you got to get on the podcast, man. I know I know you're a dad now, but come on, just give us like 20 minutes here. So Matt is Matt is here. He's uh, relieved himself of 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 dad duties for about 20 minutes and god bless your wife who um and and congratulations to to both of you um for for wesley wiltsey wesley james wiltsey they get that yeah. right yeah yep yep yeah no thank you and uh it's nice it feels feels good it feels good to get back into the swing of things uh obviously it's been like you said a couple months so uh it's it's good and I'm enjoying this World Cup. Ken, I gotta tell you, the team that's impressed me the most so far has been Canada. Like yes. that that game was so, so fun. And Canada were just they were brilliant. So un, so unlucky not to not to win that game. 
My hope is that they got some of the jitters out in the first game and then they can actually finish their chances against Croatia. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where that goes. Um, I England USA was a background game for me. I was just kind of cooking and spending time with my kids. Anything I need to know about that game? Good result for the US. We'll take it. I actually think we had the better of the chances. Um, and I mean, it was kind of neck and neck competitive match. And that's that's what you look for with this US team. I think now they just got to get the job done against Iran, which I know is another important game for you. So, I mean, uh, they Iran played really well this morning against Wales. Now Wales, Wales was Wales is brutal. Quite frankly, I like <laughs> they're really, really just not a good team, and 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 whatever. So the U.S. will obviously be a bigger test, but it's on the table, man. Iran it now is, yeah. second in the group, right? Yep. Um, they all they need is a draw against the U.S., a team that they obviously famously beat in 1998, and uh, they have a good team on paper. And um, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, let's talk about Vinicius and Rodrigo and maybe some Militao um, and I guess like where his place is in this Brazil team moving forward or whatever. But yeah, we had, I said this on the managing Twitter account, did the rounds. Feels like the World Cup doesn't truly start until Brazil arrived and they start dancing and they start like it just, it was so nice to see it. Like whether I'm not a Brazil fan, but it was just kind of nice. Like it felt, it felt right. It felt like, oh, okay, cool. This is, a World Cup now. This is it was really fun to just have their presence uh, on the stage yesterday. So, what what were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. I mean, it feels like you need Brazil is always kind of a marker whether you like them or not. They're always one of the teams everybody looks forward to seeing and just seeing them start the tournament. And uh, given how well they've done in qualifying and their unbeaten streak, like they this is a team to look out for. There, honestly, I think they're the one I have winning. So we'll see um, if they can keep this going. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was this was a good game. This was one I was most looking forward to, just because Serbia they've got some they've got some good players, they do. Um, and they've they've got a solid team. And um, interesting to see kind of that the Serbian um, playing style come up against Brazil. Um, and I was interested to see kind of that dynamic and. Sure enough, there was some rumors whether or not Vinicius would start or whether he'd be on the bench. And kind of the idea was that Militao and Rodrigo definitely would be on the bench. Um, but Vinicius did start, and thank God he did. He was probably one of Brazil's best players, instrumental in both goals. I didn't think he was. I didn't. Th- yeah, I didn't think it was like a lights out performance, but I thought he was really solid, and I thought uh, he played with that intent that we've seen him play play with so much at Real Madrid, where. Even if he makes mistakes, even if he slips, even if he gets a misses a shot on goal, he just keeps going. He keeps going. He keeps going, and um, he was relentless. And I think that's that's a part of him that Brazil needs, and that they're going to really enjoy in this in this World Cup. Yeah, and I mean, like expecting a lights off performance, I think would also be unfair anyway. The, making a World Cup debut with all the adrenaline, all the fans there on the expectations people are doubting whether you should be starting or not and by, by people i mean the reports that tt was kind of wary excuse me wary of starting him and neymar together with for regards to balance purposes defensive balance although we've seen those two play well in qualifying together with neymar just ahead in central position and, and vinicius on the left it's worked so i'm glad he got the nod i, I think it, it made sense and and given the fact that he played really good i thought uh, it was it was vindication. Um, what did you like about his performance specifically? I'm curious, like if you could just break it down in a little bit more detail. 
Yeah, I think so. I'm always interested, especially when Brazil rolls out kind of Neymar in that in a traditional almost number 10 role. Uh, flanked by Rafinha and Vinicius Jr. I'm always interested to see that connection between Neymar and Vinicius Jr. because I think one thing Neymar does really well and maybe doesn't get a lot of credit for, it's his vision um, and his ability to play kind of those defense-splitting balls and balls over the top. And uh, in previous matches I've watched of Brazil, even in, in qualifying, those two had a really good dynamic and Neymar was able to find him. And um, so that's what I was looking out for for most in this match. I don't I felt like it took Brazil a little while to get going. Serbia were tough tough nut to crack. Had some good defensive shape in the first 30 minutes or so and and Brazil was struggling to find those combinations, but then um I think it got better and better. Obviously the first goal comes from a little bit of play and I wouldn't necessarily call this like a combination between Neymar and Vinicius, but um Neymar bamboozles bamboozles a couple defenders in, in the box, dribbles past them and then almost runs into Vinny and Vinny just says, you know what? I'm taking a shot here. It's a perfect angle. Takes the shot. Thought it was going in. Uh, goalkeeper parries it. And then Richarlson is there to, to nab the first one. And so I think Vinny did what he does best. Like he stayed wide. Um, he, he, as soon as he got the ball in transition, he was running at his fullback, um, constantly looking to get isolated. One V one, take advantage of those opportunities, cut in, get a shot off. Um, so all the things we know traditionally of what Vinny does well, he did that for Brazil. And I, I think even the defensive side of the ball, like you saw him come back and make a couple really good tackles. Um, and we know that's what, what Vinny can do. And that's why I was surprised at seeing like, even cause with the reports that were coming out, it was that, Oh, Chiche wants to go like a little bit more conservative. Well, I don't think Vinny really debilitates you that much defensively just because he does so much work and like, yeah. Um, so it was good. It was good to see that. And I think he, he will, I got a feeling he's going to continue to grow into this world cup and continue to like build momentum. I mean, the, the idea of defensive balance, like when you're this good offensively, it definitely is justifiable for you to just basically take a machine gun to your opponents and, and just bombard them with shots and dribbles and attacks. I mean, this was this was totally justifiable that they went that route. Cause when you have this much talent, if you look at that, the numbers, they're overwhelming in Brazil's favor, the field tilt, the, the penetrations in, into the box, the shots, the XG, everything they were doing, they were just, it, I mean, they were basically knocking on the door. And once they knocked it down, it was just a complete, they, they tore down the barricade. And it's interesting. You, you talk about, Neymar and stuff, and also the defensive work that Vinicius did. What's interesting is that I I personally think, watching what I saw yesterday, although like we now know Neymar is injured, he's not going to play the rest of the group stage, unfortunately. But when I saw them play together yesterday, not only was I like, well, forget defensive balance. I'm like, these guys are meant to play together. There is a little bit of Benzema... Vinicius connection in those two because Neymar like Benzema can drop deep and do link up play and combine with Vinicius and if you look at uh, Neymar's heat map he's basically almost behind Vinicius in the central zone rather than attacking the box you know he's really he's complementing Vinicius I think it actually it, it they complement each other I think if you had only one of them it might make their lives more difficult with the way Brazil play and I, I so I, th I thought it made sense to have those two together I also like the fact that 
this wasn't reliant on Vinicius either. While Vinicius had a good game, Rafinha was threatening on the other side. Um, Richarlison was a good presence in the box. And then you all of a sudden you see like the changes being made. I'm like seeing all these changes. I'm like, all right, my God, there's not a single bad player coming on. It's like Gabriel Jesus comes in like at this point. And then you have Rodrigo coming in. I I, I lost track who else came in. I think Anthony came in, Martinelli. Like it was like, oh my God, these guys are so deep. It's just nonstop. So I think they'll be fine without Neymar in these last two games in the group stages. Now, once they, I think the bigger question, Matt, is like, what happens against a team who might be able to punish them on the wing, even provided Vinicius does defend? A lot's going to be on Alexandro's shoulders if you start to the face to face like I don't know France, someone who can just blaze down the right wing, for example. Yeah, that's my one concern with this Brazil squad is the fullbacks. That's been my one concern. Yeah. Um, and now, obviously, Danilo's gone down. and That's right. Um, we may see Eder Militao end up playing right back. And so I, we've we've seen that experiment before. We've seen it with Brazil a couple times. You know what you're going to get from Eder Militao in that position. He'll be solid defensively, but you're not going to get a lot of production offensively. Um, and so... If they do opt for Militao in that position, I'm curious to see what they do with the Neymar spot. Do they give it to someone like Rodrigo or do they look to secure midfield a little bit more and put Fred in there or somebody like that? Um, so I'm curious to see what what Brazil ultimately decide to do. But we could see actually all three of our uh, Madrid players starting now due to these injuries. I mean, it is theoretically possible now. And I do want to shout out Casemiro as well because I thought he was just yeah. a monster. <laughs> he was a monster Same. again. I was about to bring um, him up too. Like it could have been four if we had Casemiro. It's like I I watched that game. I wasn't in. I was in awe. I was just like, oh man, it's yeah. the. For me, it's the also the experience and the leadership in a game like this. Yeah. His long range passing was on point. His ball winning midfield was on point. I mean, he yeah. was fantastic. I mean, from the way Brazil play, I think he's perfect. He's he's yeah. he's awesome. Yeah, he he was instrumental, like you said, that one shot where he just like casually outside the box curls it off the crossbar. We know Casemiro takes those long shots, and we know that it's a fifty-fifty chance of what it's going to be. But uh, that opportunity was was a nice one, and um, yeah, even like kind of shifting gears to Rodrigo's performance. Like mm -hmm. I really, really liked Rodrigo. I thought he came in and just. Uh, made immediate impact, like no real drop off from Vinicius. And you could see that I felt like Rodrigo was really hungry for that World Cup goal. He wanted that World Cup goal. And uh, he takes, he has that one opportunity from outside the box, kind of vintage FIFA curled shot where you um, in swinger whip it in and uh, oh, it just missed the upper 90, just missed the upper 90. And um, thought he was really solid. Obviously, he played on the left, not centrally or not on the right. He was on the left, just a direct replacement for Vinicius Jr. Um, but I think Chiche likes him. So we could, I mean, there could be a possibility that he he starts in that number 10 role. You know, what's crazy is that in like he comes in off the bench in the 75th minute. It was for Vinicius, right? Yeah, directly uh, for Vinicius. So in the remaining 25 minutes... He had 24 touches. Richarlison had 25 touches in his entire thing, in an in yeah. entire performance in the 78th minute. Vinicius had about 43, and Rafinha had 52. 
basically, and obviously the game state has something to do with this, right? He comes in when Serbia are chasing the game, there's more space, more touches from him, whatever. But he was very involved and active, is my point, when he came off the bench. Like he wasn't shy, he wasn't a ghost. He had two shots when he came in, completed all of his passes, and he, and, and he looked sharp. And uh, yeah, I mean, he when he, if he scores that shot, you know, places, Ramja Twitter is coming down, so is Brazil Twitter. But also to circle back to Vinicius, he nearly scored on a couple of occasions. The one that obviously led to the first goal. Um, and then there was a couple other moments where I thought he just got some bad luck. One touch where he tried around the keeper. Um, and then there was another one where Neymar and him were on a 2-1-1 transition or something. Maybe it was 2-1-2. Neymar loses it. And then Vinicius sprints back, wins it, and then goes forward and then just slips and just a little yeah, bit unfortunate yeah. but he almost you know he he could he almost scored and i i had a i i had him as like a fringe possible golden boot um winner because you and i both feel brazil can go all the way here and if they do someone's going to be scoring the goals and i thought vinicius could be a fringe candidate obviously richarlison had two amazing goals um so maybe he's a candidate as well but we'll see um yeah and yeah. richarlison uh i was skeptical of him especially because I'd never really viewed him as a striker. Uh, so I was skeptical of that. Um, but he, he, uh, he, the second goal was absolutely ridiculous. Like Vinicius Jr. outside the boot assist. So I don't think we even called that out yet, but it was Vinny with the outside the boot assist, yeah. harnessing his inner Modric. And then um, the ridiculous one touch that set himself up, second touch, scissor kick goal and like i just wasn't expecting this from richarlson i thought he was i thought gabriel jesus should have started but i I was wrong on that yeah um the other thing is yeah i can't believe it took us this amount of time to bring up the assist that assist and plus another pass he had earlier was classic something he's really really good at with real madrid cuts inside from the left wing and doesn't rush the pass doesn't swing across and blindly stays composed takes a touch, looks up, and cuts it back calmly to someone. And uh, he's done that so many times for Benzema. He did it for Richarlison yesterday. And uh, I'm I'm going to just count the first one as an assist, even though it wasn't. <laughs> it was just a shot and the rebound. But yeah, I, I, the fact that he was involved in both goals is, is a great sign. Really great sign. <clears throat> So what do you uh what do yeah. you what are your expectations for Brazil the rest of the group even with Neymar and uh, Danilo out? Uh what's their second game? Do we know? I'll just look it up really quick. Uh Switzerland and then Cameroon. I feel like maybe Switzerland will it'll be kind of more of the same. They'll they'll just try to hold on for dear life. And they're less talented than Brazil uh than Serbia. Sorry to any Swiss fans listening to this. Um, <laughs> and then by the time the Cameroon game rolls around, it may not matter for them what happens. Um, so there's variables in that game, like rotations yeah. possibly, and Cameroon maybe playing for their lives. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think they should be comfortably finished first, but maybe, I mean, who knows? You've seen so many weird results in this World Cup. Like There could be... Switzerland, they're not as talented, but they do have the experience. So they they have some experience in inter, former international tournaments, older players. So maybe maybe they can pull something off. In like, let's say, let's take the next two minutes because I haven't spoken to you about the World Cup at all. What are 
you can you don't have to keep it Real Madrid related, although you can if you want. What are your like your top three take like coolest things that you've seen so far or coolest wrinkles, whatever? Um so like I said at the top, like I'm really impressed with Canada. I think I love their high octane football. I love the way that they just go for it. Um obviously need to improve their shooting, but otherwise that final product, but otherwise just such a fun team. Um Spain, I obviously huge win over Costa Rica. My concern is like, do they, you always see teams peak too early in the world cup. Are they going to be one of those teams that maybe peak too early? Um, and then what else, what are else? some of these bigger takeaways thus far? I, the Netherlands, I was disappointed with their result today, but for some reason I got a feeling that like Van Hall will do what Van Hall does in the world cup. And, they'll somehow make it to like maybe the quarterfinals or so just tactically do really well and, and get enough out of that talent that they have. Um, I think they had, um, I mean, that was another, today was kind of background game day. I didn't analyze it, but um, I was, I saw a stat that it was statistically one of the worst offensive performances in a world, in the world cup history from a team that from Europe. Oh, wow. Really? In terms of like, I think they had like, I'll actually look up the numbers in a sec. I want to get it right, but they basically created nothing, right? Yeah, I mean, the Gakpo goal was kind of a long distance, something just pure individual brilliance. Yeah. And then other than that, yeah, nothing really. Um, Here it is. Uh, Their XG was 0.18. So they're kind of telling wow. you something. Yeah. yeah. It was the and, uh, Yeah. I think... Um, uh, Uruguay, Uruguay has been a little bit underwhelming. I'm kind of underwhelmed by that team. I think yeah, that is the only thing they got going for them. Uh, and um, France has France looked way better than I expected them to. They looked way better. I was worried about that midfield, but they looked really good. Um, so we'll see. I think actually the Lucas Hernandez. You never wish an injury, but the Lucas Hernandez injury might actually be a blessing in disguise because Teo just added a whole new dimension to that left side with Mbappe. Yep. Yeah, totally changed everything. Um, yeah, I agree with that assessment. I mean, I I'll give like my quick, I guess, elevator pitch summary of of, of the Ramja players so far. In case some people have not gone and listened to all the podcasts we've done, we've done this daily now. But um, I thought Chuomeni looked really good. France looked amazing. Modric was fine, but that Croatia team is just not the same as 2018 it's labored for them they're older they can't create and transition like they used to um germany really really unbelievably underwhelming second half by them they gotta just wake up fix their high line and their defense against spain and and hope for the best rudiger was fine he only made a couple mistakes at the very end but i thought he was really good uh other than that and belgium courtois broke my heart Hazard was okay. Um, and then what else do we have? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uruguay, same same takeaway as you. Underwhelming uh, with all the names they have on paper. Fede was really good. I don't. I think they're misusing him. People have already uh, heard me speak about that. And we just talked about Vinicius, Rodrigo, and Co. So I think that, that covers all, all of them, uh, I think. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get you on for the next Brazil game, you think? Yeah, let's try it. We'll go right. for it. Matt Wiltsy, uh putting his commitment right now publicly that he is <laughs> going to be on the Brazil post-game show. Also, go and read 
Matt's summary. Uh, it's on the website. Every single player we're also covering in written form. You guys can go and read the analysis on those players as well on the website. Matt, this was fun, man. It's great to have you back. Yeah, Enjoy fatherhood thanks, and hope you get some rest and congrats again. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Yep. Take care. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Before we let you go, we wanted to give a shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. Uh, and a specific shout out to our $10 plus patrons because if you pledge $10 or more, you get a specific shout out on the podcast in addition to getting guaranteed responses to your questions. So shout out to the following $10 plus patrons, Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Will Sousa, Wei Pering, Wamik Jamal, Tobias Arroyo Botcher, Tarek Gaktas, Talib Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sujai Wani, Somanchu Singh, Sheikh Hatiri, Shamil Shabazz Sharapov, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorsano, Samuli Justin, Samar Z, Said Mahad, Sai Mohan Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Udayafati, Oscar Barrera, Nico Laxo. Hi, and you get a shout out from my son Arlo, who has just walked in the room as well. Bye, I love you. Uh, shout out to Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Stavernakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Kohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Con P., Christian Toff, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Arnab Mukherjee, Armand Gashi, Armando L., Antons Rudenko, Anirud Singh, Ananya Kumar, Al, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Varun, Ramtin, Magrur, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. We love you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of this journey with us in Halamadir.